go ahead and dive into our teaching. We are talking about fulfilling God's dream in you. And tonight, we're going to talk about climbing out of the pit. And the reason why we entitled that, because you will learn what happened with Joseph, because why? He had to do a redo on the pride test, but he had to redo it, redo it, redo it. And we're going to notice in this series that after the pit test, he passed every other test with flying colors. So let's dive into this. We are talking about the life of Joseph. God gave Joseph a dream, and one day, uh, Joseph stepped into his destiny. We read the story, all of us. We know the story. But let's dig into the story, and let's find out what did God do? What was God part, God's part in these tests? What is God's part in your dream, in your destiny, in the tests that you are going through? So the question we will answer throughout this series is how do you get from the dream to the fulfillment of the dream? And the answer is there are tests in between and we need to pass them. We're going to find in this series, Joseph's Life, we're going to find 10 tests that he had to pass. And as I study these tests, they are tests that you and I have to pass too. And it's something we have to understand. If you understand them and realize them, you will begin to recognize and be as Joseph and fulfill your destiny. Now, last week, we talked about the first test in Joseph's life. Again, the pride test. When Joseph received his dream, remember, Scripture tells us that he talked about it all the time with his brothers. He bragged about it. He also told them in many instances, even though they were upset with him, he began talking to them about it anyways because he got prideful. And I'm going to use another term. He got pretty cocky with what he felt God was going to do in his life. And let's just stop there. Let's just kind of settle something. We'll see it in the teaching tonight. But let's just settle something is that we're all in this together. We're all family. Every one of us are called of God. And every one of us has an important part of the kingdom of God. There's not one person that is lesser than. I want you to hear that. There's not one person in this church or even in your life that is lesser than you or greater than you. Now, people may accomplish more, and we're going to find in this series why sometimes people accomplish more and why sometimes people face greater difficulties, and we will see tests in their life. See, the difficulty is we begin to recognize that we are children of God. And because we're children of God, the Bible says that when you walk in obedience, you become great in the kingdom of God. When you walk in faith, you become great in the kingdom of God. But you're not greater than your brother or sister. If you get a title, 
like boss or supervisor or leading a ministry or all that. You're not any better than anybody else. Matter of fact, in the kingdom of God, getting a title, getting a position, you are to be someone that serves others. Amen. And if you are under someone, you are to serve one another you're working with or you are to serve the one over you. In other words, your job, my job, my call is to live a life of godliness and righteousness that we are a blessing to one another. We encourage one another. When people succeed, when people drive in with a new car, we don't look at it and get jealous. We don't look at it and say, well, how come they have that? If someone is believing for something in their life and you are believing kind of close to the same thing, and all of a sudden it happens for them and it doesn't happen to you, we're going to learn in this series, what do we need to do? How do we need to watch this? And I'm going to say it three, four times a day, is how do we respond to life's challenges? How do we respond to the tests that we face? All right, so let's, let's go on. Is Basically, the, the pride test, he failed. But remember, in the kingdom of God, you don't really fail. You just do it over. And God makes sure you do it over. And the more you do it over, the more frustration takes place in your life. Have you ever uh, faced something and it seemed like it got over and then a year later you face it again? There's something we need to learn. So this series will teach us those things. Even though it's a God-given dream, here it is again, how do you react to the dream and or how your response is to the dream? This week, uh, we're going to talk about the pit, pit test. And if you fail the pride test, let me promise you, you will get to take the pit test. The pit test comes because you fail the pride test. Joseph went into the pits because he failed or had to do, redo the pride test, and he fell into the pit still having struggle with pride. Now, let me say this. Because Joseph failed the pride test, things began to happen in his life. So let's begin reading Genesis 37, and we're going to begin with verse 12 tonight. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are you not your brothers? Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. Then he said to him, please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. Now, as we retell the story, picture with me with this, all right? Joseph is 17 years old. His brothers are older. 
why isn't Joseph with his brothers in the first place? How come his brothers went out doing all the work and Joseph was at the house with his father? Most theologians say because there was such animosity between Joseph and his brothers because of Joseph's pride, Jacob had to keep them separate. Many theologians, as they study it, and they study uh, Josephus and all the different writings of Josephus, they have found that there was this antagonizing struggle in the family. Anybody have that? Don't raise your hand. In your families? All right. So Jacob sent Joseph on this harmless errand to check in how things are going. Maybe Jacob had been praying. How many of you are praying for your siblings or your, your, your kids? Maybe Jacob was sending Joseph hoping that when he went, that there would be some type of forgiveness and there would be healing in the relationship. Well, now verse 15 now a certain man found Joseph, found him, and there he was wandering in the field. Another word for wandering is Joseph was daydreaming. So Joseph is young, and Joseph, whatever went on while he was growing up, was always thinking about himself. Some people never change. They're always thinking about self. You know people like that? They're always selfish. Selfishness is a, is a byproduct of pride. And pride will bring you into the pits. It will bring you into places of relationship that at many instances you will say, why is this happening it's because there is pride that is there and God is trying to remove this pride in our lives and that's why tests come. So he's on a mission for his father. A man finds him wandering around the field. Verse 15, and the man asked him saying, what are you seeking? Verse 16, and, and as we begin with verse 16, I want you as I read through this, through verse 20, I want you to pay close attention to verse 18. So he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, they have departed from here. For I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now when they saw Joseph afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Do you see the... the thing that is taking place in Joseph's life. Now, it, it, it seems like pride can blind us 
to reality. Pride can blind us to reality. I'm just wondering, didn't Joseph even see this? Didn't Joseph even understand that some of the things he was doing or saying was really bothering his brothers? Couldn't he have asked them, why, guys, how come you're mad at me? And the way these guys were, they would have told him. But the reality is, 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 is he was blinded to the things that was going on. So verse 21, but Reuben heard it. Now, Reuben is the firstborn. Remember this, Reuben saved Joseph from being killed. Now, we're talking about the firstborn. In this series, we're going to see a relationship of Reuben, what he did, and Jesus. We're going to see in the scripture as a type of what Jesus did for us, saving us from our stuff. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, test, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So Reuben's plan, well, he told his brothers, now he's, he was a conniver too. Now that's not Jesus. Jesus is not a conniver. But the reality is Reuben did this to make sure that his brothers wouldn't kill him. And he was thinking, then after a time, I'll go get Joseph and take him back home and tell dad, keep him home, keep him away from his brothers. So you see how awful this is in Joseph's life. Now just, just remember what Joseph did when he fulfilled his dream. So I want you to understand, Joseph really had some struggles in his life, personality. And he got a lot of people mad at him. And a lot of things happened to him. But notice, in these tests, when you begin to pass them and walk in the wisdom of God in kingdom realities, what you will experience is you will experience the fulfillment of the destiny God's called you to, even though maybe some people might still remember your past. I said that this morning. Remember, a lot of people uh, remember your past, but God will forgive and forget. So let's go on. So Reuben wanted to do two things. He wanted to deliver Joseph and bring Joseph back to his father, which again, that is the perfect picture of Christ, what he did on the cross. Verse 23 so it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic and the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. So here's more we need to point out. Because he failed the pride test, he immediately goes to the pit test. Now, listen closely. Some pits are our own making, and some are not. You and I are going to have to go through pits in our life when we have to redo things that we have done or not done, and we haven't taken kingdom principles in our life 
and walked in humble lifestyle, even though God has graced us and blessed us. So we all will go through pits, and then the question is, what will we do? How are we going to react? How do you get out of those pits? We're going to learn that. Speaking of pits, I thought this was funny. There was a guy who worked the night shift. Every night he would walk home, and one night he decided to take a shortcut through the graveyard. Not knowing the gravedigger dug a deep hole and let it open for the night, for the next day, this gentleman fell in. He began to shout and scream and claw, try to climb out of the hole to no avail. He finally thought, just sit down and wait till sunlight and someone would see him and pull him out. Well, later on that evening, a drunk was walking across the cemetery and fell in the same hole. He fell in, he began to scream and shout and claw his way out to no avail. And he too began to resign himself to wait till morning. But all of a sudden, a hand reached out and touched his shoulder and said, hey buddy, you can't get out of here. But he did. See, there are pits that you're going to go through. And I want to tell you, when you look back at the pits, you're going to understand that sometimes it's pretty funny because you made wrong choices about the dream that God gave you. That you made choices in your life. Not that you were this evil person or ungodly person. You just made choices in your life. And, and we find that so much with people that when they get leadership positions and titles, their personalities change. Why is that? And I will tell you, you will begin to understand people at work. You'll begin to understand. And when we go through this series, you're going to begin to understand why people do what they do. Again, a motivation of pride is selfishness. And there are very selfish people that they look towards themselves. When we're young, you as parents have taken your children, and when mine, mine, this mine, you need to share, you need to do all these things, and constantly you're teaching and teaching and teaching and prodding and teaching. And then there's different personalities of your children. And, and you're trying to help them out, but you need to understand what is the source of why they're doing what they're doing. Scripture says rebellion is born in the heart of the child, but it's the rod of correction that drives it far from them. And it, when you talk about the rod of correction, it's not talking about, you know, you just do it once and then, oh, okay, I'll do that. No, sometimes your children have to pass your test and redo it over and over and over and over until they finally learn. <laughs> So the question is, what happens when you fall in a pit and it's too large for you to get out? You ever been there? You didn't know what to do? You didn't know how to handle it? And maybe depression wanted to set in? Maybe you were angry? 
and you're just shouting at everybody else around you and you're, and, and you're going, why am I acting this way? My answer to you is, we're gonna learn in this series again, all right? I'm not, I'm not pointing my finger, please. If I point my finger, I got three of them pointing back at me. So understand as a pastor that um, I need to learn in a greater way to work with people because of the call that's in my life. But we must know things about the pit. So let's talk about this pit and let's learn from Joseph's life what these are about. First of all, we need to understand the reason for the pit. The reason for the pit. Why was Joseph in the pit? Well, he had mean brothers. Well, he may have had mean brothers and they may have had problems, but why was Joseph in the pit? Did he bring this on himself? Hmm. Did he do something that caused animosity from his brothers? Yes, he was a braggart. Yes, he, he's the youngest and he, at the time, and later on he has a younger brother, but he was the youngest at the time, and he always, he always talked about how big he was and how great he was. And the first thing when someone falls into a pit is many instances we try to blame someone else. We try to reason out why the struggle we're having is happening. Saying, it's their fault. They just don't like me. It's not what I'm doing. Or it's not the way I am. It's not the way I talk. It's not because I have pride in my life. I'm just trying to help us because we all, we all go through these tests. That's called a victim mentality, and that is preached. That is a religion in our world today. It's called a victim mentality that is prevalent in our society, but your life is your responsibility. In our society today, they say it takes a village. No, it doesn't. It takes parents that have people that love them and work with them, teachers, all the above, yes, that work in their life because that's life, but it takes parents and godly people to speak godly things over their children. Sometimes you cannot control the circumstances that happen to you, but you can control your response. I'll say that again. Because many instances, our life is always about what someone is doing to me or what's happening. My statement to you in walking in the wisdom of the kingdom of God is that you begin a lifestyle, you live a lifestyle that says, I'm going to look into a you know, I'm going to look at myself. I'm going I'm to look at what am I doing? And there are going to be many times, I promise you, you will find out you're not doing anything wrong. But how do you respond to someone who may be going through a pit test? Okay, because there are, there are people that are, that are mean and, and, and in leadership and they do things and they say things and, and, and they get that way and because they're stressed out over life but they don't know to run to the Lord. They don't know deliverance comes from the Lord. They don't know the answer is walking in kingdom characteristics. So sometimes you cannot control the circumstance, 
but you can control how you respond to everything. Your responses are what's going to dictate how you go through life. It's not what people do or the experiences you have. It's how you respond to all those is what dictates how you fulfill the dream that God's given you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that that boy took your ball when you were three years old. <laughs> but you know what scripture says? Get over it. And get on with the dream or the life that God's given you. Because we live in a fallen world, some areas of our life are dysfunctional. I mean, you, you place your children in, in things uh, sports, whatever, and because dysfunctional people are a part of that, dysfunctional things happen. And we need to grab a hold of that and understand how do you respond and how you teach your children uh, all these things. So stop blaming your circumstances and turn to God and God can change the circumstance. Now I believe Joseph fell into the pit because of his own reaction, his own response to the dream God gave him. He got cocky, he became selfish, and when God gives you a dream, it's to help you minister to others. Here's a secret we will see about the seventh week. Your dreams are given to you so you can accomplish the task that God has through you to touch people for Jesus Christ. Everything you are, every talent you have, we have artists in this room, we have doctors in this room, we have people who are just so talented in, in all kinds of areas. God's given you those giftings and those talents to be a blessing to others around you. Yes, you will face other people that are redoing their test, that have bad attitudes, that are living life wrong, that are mean, that are cruel, that are thieves. You will find people like that. But the reality is, is that doesn't change that God's plan is for you to succeed. I want you to hear that. God's plan is for you to succeed in everything. So... The question, if Joseph walked in humility, would it have changed the way his brothers looked at him? I mean, think about that. Would it have changed? I believe it would have. They still might have been crude and rude and whatever, but it would have changed their thought process of, here comes a dreamer, let's kill him. I, I believe it would have, but pride brought this upon Joseph. Go back to verse 18. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Even before he, be, be, he came near, they conspired to kill him. Now, Scripture says a long way off. How far is that? The Bible doesn't tell us. But a long way off where you can see, but how did they know it was Joseph? 
probably because of the coat that he was wearing, this bright coat that he was wearing, showing it off. The coat of many colors those brothers hated and Joseph loved. Joseph wore it because it showed he was his father's favorite. (laughs) They thought the dreamer is coming. So Joseph was a son that had his father's favor on him. But let me just say this to you. All of us have the father's favor on us. You're a son or a daughter of God. All of you have God's favor. But it's how you respond to that. That relationship is based on you loving him, him loving you. And by understanding that relationship, then you can be a blessing to those around you. Jesus basically says in Scripture that you are his daily delight. Joseph's father gave him a gift. All of us have a gift from the Father God. Do you see the correlation, the types of of this anointing we have as new covenant believers? Is that all of us have gifts from the Father, but how do we handle that gift or do we show it off and we use it for only our own good? See, your gifts are to be a blessing. Your gifts are to help you succeed. Your gifts are to help you to attain money and finances and prosperity and blessing and healing and all the above. But the reality is your gifts also are for others around you. Because Joseph was prideful regarding the gift his father gave him, he lost it in this world. Because we're going to read it in a moment. The guys, remember what they did? They tore it up and poured uh, goat's blood on it and took it to his father and said, we found this. He lost his coat. He lost his gift from his father. But Romans 11.29 says, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Even if someone fails and redoes every test, their gift will always be there. Sometimes they'll use it for wrongdoing. Sometimes they'll use it for their own good and no one else. But in essence, they will lose the power of the gifting that God has placed in them because of the attitude. So for a season, sometimes you won't function in your gift because of an attitude. But you will always have a passion for it. Now, I'm quickly just going to talk about this. Um, But I want you to recognize there are some of us in this room, or we know people, that they have such a passion for things. But it seems like they never get to the fulfillment of that passion. It's because they struggle with character issues. And when the Lord comes in and wants to test them and bring them and show them and and teach them and put them under a meaner boss to get them to say, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time, due season, God will raise you up. But it's how you react to that mean boss. Well, I quit. I don't like this job. I quit. Well, guess what? Redo. 
You're going to go to another job, and there's going to be someone else that's going to act the same way. Why? Because it's not because God just says, I'm going to be a mean dad, and I'm just going to keep sending you around these mean people. No, he's sending you around things, testing you to get you to say, I'm going to finally decide to do it God's way. And I'm going to realize in my life, there are character issues in my life. I can't keep blaming everybody else for it. Now, you will have that passion, but you'll know people that will have a passion for something and it never takes place. Why? Because they've never dealt with character. So if we keep reading after this, they threw him in the pit they pulled him out and stripped him of the coat and sold him. They ripped the coat apart and put blood on it and showed it to their father. And Joseph lost the gift that his father gave him because he was prideful about the gift. So Joseph's identity was in the gift, not in Christ. And the purpose of the gift. See, my identity as a pastor is not, oh, I'm going to stand up and I lead and I'm, I'm the boss and I'm blah, blah, blah. You know, no. There is purpose of me called to be a pastor. And I do what I do. I study. I teach you. I bring you scripture. I love you. I care for you through the word of God. I can't go to your homes. I can't watch everything that goes on. I can't spend hundreds of hours with you. I mean, th that's impossibility because the call and the purpose is to equip the saints for the work of their ministry, to equip you. So my job is to pray and to study. If you work with me, your job with me is to help me pray and study and to come in with your gifting as a family to do the work of the ministry with me, with Terry, with, with the leaders of the church, and we begin to do this together Honoring one another's gifting. And there are times in your gifting that you have to wait. Sometimes leaders will ask you uh, to do something, but before you do it, they want you to go to a training class. I don't know why I have to go to a training class. I've been in church 40 years. That's why you have to go to a training class. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know why they're doing that. I don't know why, you know, doing this. And, and what do you hear at work? People you work with. I don't know why they're doing that now. Look, if they change it, I've been here for 20 years and now they're doing it different. Different. Okay, well, maybe you need to get on your knees and pray to the Lord and say, God, is my attitude right? Or do I think because I got 20 years in, 30 years in, five years in, whatever it is, that I, I don't have to do any of the changes. And then there's that attitude. And then they wonder why someone is promoted and they're not. Because you're redoing the test of your character. <laughs> I know I'm not talking to anybody in this room. But church, that's life. That's where it's at. But there's hope for all of us. Again, think about the end of Joseph's life. In Matthew 23, verse 12, it says, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, 
and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Joseph changed and humbled himself and began to walk in humility after this test. God then began a process in his life of exalting or blessing Joseph. He kept exalting Joseph till he became the governor of Egypt. We're going to see he's accused falsely of rape. We're going to see many people go after him. But we're going to see Joseph learned from the first two tests, pride and the pit test, the result of pride. And he learned from that and he began to humble himself and walk in that humble character of God. And then God began the process. And he went through tribulation. He was doing great and then boom. He was running the house, Potiphar's house. We'll cover that later on. But that was the purity test. God was making sure that he was going to walk in the purity test. And if he walked in the purity test, he's going to be able to go to the next step. And he would be able to trust him with greater things. With what we learn in Joseph's life, you know what his gift and calling was? To save his family and the world from starvation. If it wasn't for the gifting and the call of Joseph and how he learned through his test, the world would have starved. Wow. So there's hope. Joseph was the second most powerful man in the world. Joseph was the second richest man in the world too. When he became governor, <laughs> I bet you he had nice coats. Second richest in the world. He could have bought everything. He probably had a Maserati and, you know, chariot and all kinds of things. <laughs> this is the best thing that happened when he humbled himself. God restored his relationship with his father. See, in pride, he lost the use of the gift and the relationship with his father. He humbled himself. He was able to use the gift and the relationship healed with his father. So the first reason for the pit is sometimes it's our fault and sometimes it's not. Here's the second reason for the pit. The lies of the pit. Immediately when you fall into the pit, Satan is there to accuse you. Whether it's someone else's fault, the enemy's fault, or your fault, Satan is there to accuse you. Revelations chapter 12 says he's the accuser of the brethren. So every accusatory thought in your head is from the enemy. I got to say that again so it didn't pass you by. Every accusatory thought in your head is from the enemy. There will be proddings of the Holy Spirit that gives you insight of what took place. But accusatory is this. 
is it tells you you're an idiot and you can't do it, so you might as well give up. When you hear things from the enemy, it's always quit. It's always be angry and sin. It's always uh, don't forgive. I'll never, ever let that happen again. Why is that? Is because the enemy wants you to quit. Satan will lie to you and take you further in a journey of deception. See, when you fall into the pit, you either learn how to humble yourself and go to the Lord, or you go to the other direction and deception begins to grow in your heart. Well, that person at work, they have done that once, they've done that twice, they've done that three times, I'll show him, I'll just quit. And then you're out of a job and you don't have any money. That's what the enemy wants to do, bring you into poverty. Well, I'll show that person in that church. I won't go to church anymore. Well, who's going to, what's that going to do? Now, let me ask you this. We all are part of a family, right? Church family. But we also have our blood family. Have you ever had any difficulty in your blood family? Has anyone ever done anything wrong in your family? I know, yeah, they have. Okay, or yeah, we have, right? And, and so the reality is, is, but do you, some people do, but do you quit your family? Now, there are people that are so mean and crude, there might be a season that you back away from them in that time frame. But let me just, let me just tell you, but you don't say or do anything that will cause harm in the future when God's plan is to bring them into righteousness. Because maybe that family member is going through the pit test. And they've had to redo it a hundred times. How many of you would like to be thrown in the pit a hundred times? You'd be pretty frustrated too and angry and, and angry at the world and blaming everybody else. So Satan is an incredible liar. The Bible calls him the father of lies. Adam and Eve were created in the image and likeness of God. And Satan convinced them if they ate the fruit, they would be like God. But the secret was they already were created in the image and likeness of God. Satan will come to you and say, look, that person over there in church, they're so blessed, you'll never get there. That's the lie, the lie of Satan. You won't get where they're at because they have different gifting. They have a different call. We need to celebrate what they are doing. But we need to understand it's the character issue in our heart that God's working with so he can take you to the fullness of your dream and the destiny that God's called you to. You have that ability in you because of Christ. Well, let's go on. Genesis 37, verse 31. 
So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goats, and dipped, it, dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it's your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, it's, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn into pieces. See, that was a thought process of the brothers. Let's kill him and tell dad, you know, wild animal got him. But they didn't tell the father that. What happened? The brothers didn't tell him that. They just said, is this Joseph's? And Jacob believed a lie from Satan that it was a wild animal. Well, of course he would understand that because the blood of an animal. Well, the, the reality is, is that Satan will go around in all these pit tests and tell you things and accuse your friends and your brothers and your husbands and your wives and all the different things and will accuse you of all these things and you get to a place where you don't want to be around them. So Joseph, Jacob believed a lie, and Satan made it bigger. Also, sin makes your heart, your heart hard. Sin takes your heart, and it becomes hard. Jacob said, I'll take his death and mourn till I go to the grave. This is Jacob. Jacob said, I will take this to my grave. Now, the brothers had problems too. The brothers never felt sorry for their dad and never told him. They saw their dad mourning and all the crying and everything, and they didn't say one word to their father. So now we understand they had problems too. So after every sin, there is a lie. Satan is so good at lying, he will show you evidence to back up your lies too. The coat was proof or fabricated. Joseph was dead. And there are situations, and now remember, I'm not pointing at you. I'm just saying to every one of you, you've got to pinpoint this in your heart. When things are going awry in your life, jump to the Lord, sit with him, Hear the voice of God. Get spiritual counsel from spiritual moms and dads and brothers and sisters because the enemy will show you proof of the deception that you're believing. He'll show it to you. Satan will fabricate things showing you will never be healed and it'll never change. What I'm saying to you Believe God's report. See, Jacob, even though Joseph had a problem, Jacob could have been spiritual enough to understand God had his hand on Joseph. And there's no way God would allow Joseph to be killed like this. So there's something awry. And there are things in your life that you're seeing what's happening and there's proof that it looks like this is happening. And my question to you is this, is Maybe the enemy is trying to show proof of something that is a deception. 
And maybe we need to get on our face before God and into worship and begin to hear the voice of God and understand, God, what are you saying to me? How do I handle this? Not, I'll never be healed. I've messed up too bad. My marriage will never work. See, be watching for the enemy because he jumps in the pit with you. But here's another secret. God's there too. God's there too. Hallelujah. So be watching for that enemy, and God's there too. And here's the third reason for the pit. It's the purpose of the pit. What purpose is the pit? Why is the pit happening? Again, remember, sometimes, a lot of times, especially as you mature in the Lord, pits are attacks of the enemy. But sometimes pits are there because it's a test of God to shave off some of the sharp edges of your character. So the purpose is for you to turn to God. A, a test, when you are going through rough times, that is your light switch that says, go to God, click, light bulb, go to God, go to God, go to God. And don't go to God to complain, go to God to ask him why. God or we put ourselves in an impossible circumstance and we must cry out for God. God loves to deliver you from pits, even the ones that you dug. Now, quickly, let's go to Jonah. We have about six minutes left and we'll be done. Jonah chapter two, verse one and two. God told Jonah to go one way and he went another. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. Now, why was that affliction there? Because of his pride. I'm not going to go to those people. Those people are evil. God, don't save them. Later on, he cried on, on a mountain because they were getting born again. They were getting saved. They were turning to God. And he was angry at that. And he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. Sheol, at times, is translated pit. So you have to cry out to the Lord. I'm telling you, cry out to the Lord. And I wonder if Joseph cried out while in the pit, or did he complain? That's the struggle sometimes, why the pits last longer, is because we complain and blame. And because we complain and blame, then we react to people in a wrong way. And we create greater things. So your prayer should be crying out to God, who is truth, not complaining. Now, what we learn is Joseph was prideful and complaining before the pit. After the pit, he passes every test. Pits are to humble you and turn you to God. Some of the struggles that some of you are facing, you need to recognize whether it's from the Lord as a test, because remember, the scripture says, God doesn't test you with evil. He doesn't bring evil to you. It's either a test from the Lord to turn you back to him, or it's an attack from the enemy. 
And if it's an attack from the enemy, you go after the enemy, not people. Hmm. Judah gets the idea of selling him and saved Joseph from death. Jesus humbled himself and died and delivers us and he brings us back to God. I want you to recognize again, every aspect of life from the Old Testament, the Gospels, to the, in, then the New Testament, the Apostles' writings, is all of it is bringing us into a character that says, not my will, but your will be done, Father. And when people are mean and crude to us, then we need to back away. It's hard. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And sometimes, you know, even, even as, as a pastor, uh, sometimes people feel safe to be crude to me. They feel safe like they can, they can say what they want, do what they want, and that I'm just that guy that stands up on the platform talking to them. But I will tell you, sometimes God uses me as a test for you. Because I come in in a strong way and say things in a strong way. And see, your call and anointing is that God called you here. I didn't call you here. God did. But when you're called here, then what you have to understand is that God can use me or Terry or leadership to bring about things that will cause maybe sometimes a little discomfort in your life. And... Uh, so that's why I always say, love your pastor. Because what I'm challenging you to do is say, I know that hurt. I know that's rough to hear that. Because maybe one or two of you, or maybe none of you, but maybe you're sitting there and, and the Holy Spirit's talking to you about a situation in your family or your life to do something, and you are like fighting tooth and nail. God, I don't need to do that. You know how they reacted. See, you do things because God asked you to do it, not because how people will, rea will react to it. Amen. And then we need to be uh, a humble Joseph and not just constantly go after it. You know, because we're trying to get someone to respond a certain way. If there's a discussion and you're led of the Holy Spirit, say it and be done with it. Amen. Don't keep like that at everybody. God leads us to do this. So let's all stand. And I want to ask a question in closing. See, next week is really going to be a lot of fun. First two weeks here, it's been rough because we're shaving off some rough edges in our lives. We're hearing things that we knew, but it's like, I don't want to do that. I didn't, mm, mm. You don't know how they are. Well, God does. But God also knows how I am. <laughs> and he knows what I need. So here's the, here's the thing that I want to talk to you about. Are there any areas in your life? See, 
a lot of ministers will do this, and at times it's very appropriate. But they'll say, well, you need to think about it, and you need to go and make it right. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying leave here, make a phone call, or drive tomorrow, or at work. I'm not saying change a thing. I am saying, are you feeling this little shaving of the Holy Spirit that's trying to happen? My thing is this. Go to the Lord and find out in truth what it is. And then prepare your heart with the truth so that if the Holy Spirit leads you to go, and sometimes he won't, and you won't have to do anything because he's taking care of the situation without you being there. Amen, you got that? You seen that? But what I'm asking you is to really say, God, Father, in Jesus' name I come to you, Holy Spirit, show me these things and take care of it. Sometime in that pit, Joseph cried out. Joseph humbled himself and changed. Near the end of the story that we're going to find out, Joseph had to literally leave when he saw his brothers and go in the back and weep. Not because he was angry or sad or whatever in that area, because he loved his brothers. Without any conversation or forgiveness that was spoken to one another. He loved his brothers. That's when you know you've passed the test. Father, thank you.